Wow, you're optimistic for, uh... For me? Yes. For the new year? I'm optimistic. I've been rethinking journalism. Wow, you've solved the problem of journalism in a digital era. Well, I had an interesting epiphany. And I went online. I'm part of this Facebook group called 1,000 Songs. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, are you a member? Uh, I was until I quit all my Facebook groups, but at one time I was a member, yes. Well, that's tough. <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. So I turned it on one day, and there was a message there from Jim Shedden. And this is this dude. He's a big thinker, worked for Bruce Mao, now he's at the AGO. But he's also a really nice guy, and he's yes. curates. He sort of, you know, bosses a bunch of us music nerds around. So he, and he, every so often he posts a song that he thinks is important and adds a fair amount of information about the artist just mm-hmm. in case you want some background. Well, this one was the Cow Sills, the Rain, the Park, and other things. Mm-hmm. So I jumped into the debate. Somebody else jumped in with me. We went back and forth, and then I kind of got sent on this little musical journey that began at Facebook, sent me off to YouTube, and I ended up discovering. I took, it was kind of like um, she told two friends and so on and so on. And I discovered so much about Canadian rockabilly Mm -hmm. at the end of this journey that began with a talk about the rain, the park, and other things. And so why did this make you happy about journalism? First of all, it was, this is a really good group, and there's a really fairly high level, granted it's a bit nerdy, but fairly high level musical chit chat that goes on here. But what it did was, is, is that it stimulated my interest enough to send me out, which I think is one thing that's very different about the internet, and it sent me out on a lateral search. Okay. To gather up information, and then when I saw little bits of information that I liked, from each of those nodes, I went down and researched them more deeply, and then I came back up, and I skittered back to the Facebook group and shared my information, like my links, which mm-hmm. is very helpful. YouTube mm-hmm. is extremely helpful it in sure that is. regard. And we had, oh, probably about a three-day discussion about it. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you do not get that any longer through traditional mainstream media, like, Mm -hmm. let's say, newspapers or even online papers. I'm sorry, that is truly what I think. But here, I was able to satisfy an interest of mine, but I also had to do a lot of work Mm -hmm. to get it. It Mm -hmm. wasn't fed to me like good old-form journalism, you know, that would be a really, really good, like, you know, eight, eight... page long article on something this required me to go out and dig for it Mm -hmm. yeah no I mean I think in a way it's kind of a continuation of something that's older which is the hobbyists association right where Mm -hmm. you can get really deeply into the history of uh, rock and pop with other people who are also really who share your niche interest or nerd interest or whatever back Um, to niche but it has the added advantage of doing all those things that the web does so well which is allowing you to link and find ex- uh, external resources, and also allowing you to connect with people that you don't actually necessarily already know, and to meet those people with ir- irrespective of geography, right? So I think it's a great kind of use of things, and and also like I think much that I don't really think Facebook is a great design for things like those online clubs. Personally, I don't think it's really that well suited to it. But obviously, everybody knows how to use Facebook, and so it works well for that thing. The interface is very familiar to people. And I think it makes a lot more sense than, you know, the other thing that Facebook does is it tells you, like, 
oh, Kathy Bond liked this or whatever, but just because you and I connect with cer certain topics doesn't mean that I share your interest in music or whatever, right? Like, well, you'd these... be wrong if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a Philistine. You are a Philistine, yeah, Philistine. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, it allows you to really go deep with people who share those interests rather than what Facebook's normal thing is, which is this kind of passive sharing of likes with people that, you know, maybe it's your somebody that you share a music interest with, but maybe it's your aunt or something like that who you don't necessarily share anything in common with. So I think it is very cool. But the thing that's also neat about it is, is that, first of all, I guess maybe it's because it's Canadian, but it's very well-mannered. Mm -hmm. You know, like nobody gets in there and starts hurling abusive terms around. And it would also be great for anybody who's younger, who wants to just kind of come, join, and listen, and learn. Because the stuff that goes up there is really interesting. And it's not just rock. But I would say, you know, it's pretty much anything from like the 1940s. Like right. he had something on yesterday about Lullaby of Birdland. Okay. And then a discussion on, oh, well, anyway, I'll start nerding off. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, and maybe this relates to your comment about journalism, is part of this is the role that Jim Shedden is playing, right? Is that he's essentially curating the discussion by posting documents about, you know, he's initiating the, the conversation which people then sort of carry on and add to and so forth, right? So he, in a way, is acting like a journalist, what, what we would expect of a journalist in an online forum, right? That he's, he's curating the experience, um, but he's also providing, and this I think is super important, and I really think that Spark needs to be doing this more, I think the CBC needs to be doing this more, I think all media need to be doing this more, is becoming online platforms for exactly what you're talking about, right? Where you can curate part of the experience, but it becomes a way for people who consume your content to connect with each other and to and build on each off. other's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not just to reply to what you've um, posted or whatever, but to actually build the content with other people independent of you. I agree. Now we can talk <laughs> there, about we solved the problem of journalism. Yeah. No, no, it was just, I was so happy when I had that experience and I had so much fun that morning and it was oh, just like great. learning. Uh, Yours is depressing. Now do you want a real downer? Yeah. <laughs> it's the year of the dragon and I have a, uh, a fire-breathing dragon of a story for you. So this was the thing that I read in Technology Review, actually. And I can't remember who came up with the phrase that I came across, uh, you can't hammer a nail over the internet, but I think it's really apropos of this um, article, which was basically looking at two new books that have come out about um, the effect of IT and the digital revolution on uh, employment generally. Mm -hmm. So uh, one is by David Oter and David Dorn, and another one is uh, a book called Race Against the Machine by two guys from MIT, uh, from the Sloan School of Management. And basically what they're arguing is that while we've long had this history where automation or new technology will displace some people out of their jobs, hello Luddites, there's always been this history where other jobs open up. But what they're yeah. arguing is that IT and computer automation is progressing so quickly that in fact the labor market can't keep up. And so whatever kind of structural um, you know, adjustment will happen is not going to be able to happen before essentially there's been like a big problem, right? And so they're arguing that what we're seeing, especially with computerization, and this is actually something that um, Farhad Manju argued in uh, Slate magazine about uh, automation, is that there's a whole swath of um, what we would think of as middle-class jobs, jobs mm -hmm. that are somewhat routinized, but that require education and specialization, and how those are the jobs that are kind of being stripped out by automation, where you have these like high-end, highly creative or um, highly, highly skilled jobs at the top end or a lot of um, service sector jobs and personal care jobs and things like that at the lower paid end 
with the middle being stripped out. And then while it's not more important that middle class people are losing their jobs than anybody else, it is interesting that schools are still training people to take all those jobs, right? Yes. And students are going into debt being educated for all those jobs, including exist. journalism, I would yes. say, which may not actually exist. Do we really need to think, maybe, you know, if you can't hammer a nail over the internet, maybe we really need to think about things like, you know, how are you... Learn how, how to we, be a plumber. Learn how to be a plumber. Did you see that, though, today, just to move away for yeah. a second, did you see about the flying robots now that are working on buildings? What? Yes. No. Yep, 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 yep. So there, you know, you talk about, well, you have, um, you know, a labor force that can make, you know, build buildings. Well, yeah. not if you've got robots that can do it. I think what you actually have to think of is what are the jobs that computers are not going to be able to do well? Because it's kind of relentless. Have babies. Yes, you could be a surrogate parent. You could be a farmer. So yeah. maybe if, maybe the post-industrial future will be a return to the pre-industrial future. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was kind of a scary article, but it did make me think that if you're thinking about, like, you know, if you have a kid who's going to school, like, thinking really hard about what are the actual skills that people are going to need in 20 Nurses years. would be good. Or politics. <laughs> somebody's got to do somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. Talk Whoa. about dirty jobs that oh, somebody's got to do. No, I just have a very, very quick little Oh, I love this. Yes, just to bring it up after, because I know that I'm going to be left behind. No, no, you should <laughs> be in good shape, because you're in the creative sector. Yeah, but I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, anyway, okay, you know how we have had covered a number of little submarine stories. Yes. You have covered, not we have oh, covered. Oh, you, you found that bio one. That, you know, didn't it? We ran on algae or something. But listen, there's this new thing, and it's called the Seabird, and it doesn't have its own propulsion system. At first, I didn't notice this until the third time that I read it. It's because you get dragged around behind a boat that's uh, floating around on the top. But this little thing. There's some pretty neat stuff. You know, because the personal subs that are currently available can only go up to about 10 miles per hour mm -hmm. underneath. The little seabird baby, it can go as fast as 40 kilometers an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's both above and beneath the water oh, okay. surface. Yeah. And you can do flips. Apparently you can ride it and it's like a roller coaster up and down. Mm -hmm. And you can mm -hmm. like, you know, basically you're going up and then you just put the nose down and you go down. My first thought was, you have to get this. But then I saw that it's $210,000, which is a lot of Terminator action figures. Were you thinking of that. getting it for me? Not, not unless you kind of, You kind of let into on that one, <laughs> did, sweetie. Did. You did. I walked into that. But I wondered who the market is for it. Like, oh, it's for the 1%. Yeah. It's like... Can't you see that yes. up on you like know Lake Russo? Or something yeah, like they've that. got yeah. your boat, and oh, we'll get that for little Trent, little Trent and his friends. Yes. Wouldn't it be terrible if it sprung a leak? <laughs> 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 but actually, it does sound like a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. I, I would love to have it. Actually, come to the blog for links to these stories and more. The Snipper dot net. Bye bye.